Good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, February 28th. One more day of February after this one because it's a leap year in case, in case you didn't somehow hear that yet. Um, welcome to the Plant-Based Morning Show. We're sponsored and presented by Compliment. That's lovecompliment.com. That's a company we work for, uh, founded. It's, it's, a, it's not just a regular sponsor. It's, it's real good vegan stuff that we make, made it for our families. So check that out, lovecompliment.com. Um, the other stuff I've got today, of course, is what I've been pushing recently is get over to the to the live show. If you're on Instagram, go to that. It's it's youtube.com slash no meat athlete. Uh, and and similarly, if you're a, a podcast listener, you should go to that. All right, I'm adding Doug in. Here he is. Wearing blue. I'm wearing gray. We kind of lined it up again a little bit. Not quite, but I almost did wear a blue shirt like that. So good thing I didn't. Good thing you didn't. Uh, it was kind of funny. I was looking at the video yesterday, and sure enough, it we looked very white or it white out. Clean, uh, yeah, white it out. Did it look? It looked clean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, um, hey, know, you know, yeah. Um, speaking of leap year, I I heard uh, an argument that everyone should get off the 29th because it's kind of an unpaid work day. Mm. Right? I mean, when you negotiate your salary for uh, right, uh, you're, you're talking about 365 days. You're talking about so many. Uh, so many work days in that, and here I am having to work tomorrow. Aren't you sort of signing up for 365 and a quarter days, knowing that mm, every know. four years? I don't know. Hmm. Well, if they could sort of pause time and like it just didn't, nothing happened that day. It seems like they could fix, help the computers out a little bit, right? Not, not having that extra slot once in four years, like the Y2K oh, situation. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It seems like we could make things more efficient if we just made the day pretend like it didn't exist. Everyone stays <laughs> in bed, and that'd, that'd be perfect. But <laughs> it's a good idea. Not in this world, I don't think. Uh, I have a quick reminder, a quick thing I thought of as I was in bed last night. Okay. People always complained that, that I would get put a show up too late uh, the next day and, instead of the day of, and they wouldn't like hearing the show delayed. I've been really good about that since we've converted over to the Outlier Health Podcast, which, of course, is the new name of the show or the feed that we're on, uh, mm -hmm. as well as the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash athlete. But all this time... You can just go to youtube.com slash athlete, subscribe there, and you get it immediately, right? Even if you can't make it on a live basis. Immediately. There's no delay. Right. Even if you're not subscribed, as soon as the show's done, it, it goes there. I mean, it goes there in real time, and then it's there forever. So if you don't like waiting even now the three or six hours or whatever it takes me to get it up uh, the day of, you can still go there. So there's one more reason to go to YouTube, subscribe, like the videos, turn on notifications with that little bell button. Uh just do that. that. That's where we're focused now. And and if you like the show and you want to support it, that's the way to do it. And it's I better. Don't, I don't disagree with any of that, Matt. Uh-oh. I'm oh, good. Are you still there? Still here. Am I still on Instagram? Yeah. Well, no, you're gone from Instagram. Uh -oh. Quick pause while Doug re rejoins Instagram. I forgot to pin his pin link anyway. Okay. Um, I, I don't disagree with any of that, Matt, but I will, I will say, you know, for um, for all the people out there who prefer the podcast, that um, you know, you can't really listen to a podcast on YouTube without watching it. If you close the app, it closes down. You know, yeah, but you just... can do that. I've done it before. You put your phone in your pocket, leave the leave the thing running. You yeah, don't need to close it. Drain the battery. Your phone. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but you're right. YouTube YouTube is the place to go. So what? So what was your point? That that my, my point was podcast that, uh, listeners that... unite. They they don't have they don't. They don't need to listen to us. They can just stay on podcast. They can just stay on podcast. Um, okay. <laughs> you might have to, you might have to add me back into Instagram. Sorry, I think I screwed something up. Okay, 
I'll do that. Uh, Gary Luke is here live for the first time. Welcome, Gary Luke. Love first timers. Feel free to jump in, share your opinions, uh, go head to head, toe to toe with Garuda Legends if he shows up and uh, has some has some dissenting opinions. We'll see. Um, anyway, good morning to uh, everyone who's here. Alex Turton, Mr. Jeffrey, Anne Marie, Stephen Dunn, Phyllis Hauser, Kate, aka Rivercat, Larry Libby, uh, and Big Meaty X Claws are here so far, plus some of those who aren't commenting. All right, um, I got a little bit of news. Last night, Doug, I finally broke out the Trader Joe's tofu sheets that I've had in my freezer Ooh. and really forgot about since I bought them. Must have been a month or two ago. Uh, didn't know what to do with those things. They're actually called tofu. People call them tofu skins, but Trader Joe's calls them tofu sheets. I'm not sure what, okay. what the decision is with that. Uh, I don't even know if it's the same thing because I've never had them before, but it seemed like it was the same thing, the way they were described. Um Apparently they they have like a they're sort of like a shredded meat texture. They're not shredded, but if you chop them up, they they become like shredded meat. So we made you know we've been having this pizza on the the big practice night every week when we don't have time to cook. So we made barbecue pizza because we made some barbecue sauce last week. Uh, so we had that left over. Made barbecue pizza with the tofu skins, red onion, chopped serrano, pepper, uh, sprinkled cilantro at the end, and it was it was actually very good. The, the tofu skins have a very nice texture. They're kind of chewy. I think Wait, it could so have been a little prep bit. Them? Sorry, maybe I missed something, but how did you prep them? Yeah, I didn't tell you. Um, okay. the, the instructions from the Trader Joe's thing say you open up the package, vent the – it's all in one – it's frozen in one stack, so you can't separate them. You have to use it all at once. So you microwave it for two and a half minutes, and then, then they're hot and separable, the sheets. And then I sort of chop them into roughly the size that shredded meat pieces would be on the pizza and just sprinkle it over top. But in hindsight, it would have been better if I had uh, if I had like marinated them or something first. Because mm -hmm. first, they're really good in soaking up flavors. People say, um, and then like maybe even cooked them in a pan a little bit to kind of dry them out, compared to just putting them on the pizza. Uh, so next time I will do that. But they even as it was, they it worked out pretty well. So they were good and they weren't that expensive. I mean, it was a good good thing. Huh. So uh, Alex, what, what did they turn into on top of the pizza? I don't I don't quite understand. I mean, they they look like sort of wrinkly sheets. So when you chop them up, you have these little strips that mm -hmm. aren't that different from like, you know, from a, a pulled pork sandwich or a pulled chicken mm. thing where you have like mm. these strips of, of meat. It was basically like that. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, the texture was kind of similar. It wasn't quite as chewy as those things were, which is why I would like to dry it out more. But Okay. Very great. cool. So yeah, if anyone has any suggestions with tofu skins or tofu sheets, what else to do with them? Uh, I heard stir fry is is a common thing people do, so I'll give that a try. Next time I go get some at Trader Joe's. Mr. Alex asks if tofu, if they're called Yuba, if that's Yuba makes. Yeah, I don't know what Yuba is. Great pasta. I'm looking. I googled it right now. Tofu, tofu skin uh, is also commonly known as tofu sheets. Well, if I um, type in Yuba noodles, it brings up tofu skins as the other as the other kind of tofu skins called yopi. Fujha and Yuba, as it's known in Japan. Okay. So maybe it's yeah, the same this thing. Says, this says Yuba is soy milk skin formed during tofu making process. So yeah, I think it's the same thing. Hmm. I never knew that. Though. I never knew that, that was what Yuba was. Well, well. So anyway, new thing to try. Trader Joe's has it. I don't know if they're still like hard to get there like they were, uh, but I didn't have any trouble getting them. All right. Now Mr. Jeffrey's talking about oh, Billy Town. I thought it was America's Got Talent. Well, who's Billy? <laughs> what's Billy Talent? I don't know who Billy Talent is. is. That a band? 
I don't know. Oh, yeah, they were talking about bands, maybe, or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. Steven likes his uh, pop punk. I know that. Mm-hmm. As do I. So we, we bond over that and soccer sometimes. All right, Doug, anything else? What do you have today before we jump in? We got a, a bunch to get to, so no shame in jumping right in. But uh, any any updates from you? Anything going on in the Black Mountain world? You know, I don't have very much. I was trying to think of something earlier today, but I don't have very much. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna save I'm gonna save a running update for later this week, maybe or early next week. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about all I got. Good. All right. Sounds great. Uh, all right, then let's jump in. Got the music prepped. Big story, headline story of our uh, of our show today, and that is that France has completely banned uh, words like steak, sausage, and bacon for plant-based meat. We seem to Whoa. discuss those a lot on the show. Uh, France is really where it all began for us and anybody last year, talking about the France proposed labeling laws. Uh, a lot of states have, have kind of done different things, and different countries have done things. Usually it doesn't hold up or really seem to get anywhere and like as long as the customer is not confused they kind of you know let things go um but now there's a new decree in france it will go live or into effect i guess in three months time and uh they're saying people you can't we can't use any more terms like filet faux filet you can't say it's a faux something even though faux is a french word and, <laughs> and so is filet i guess uh rum steak. so this is all french words Entrecote, onglet. So these, what these mean is rump steak, rib steak, back steak, biftec, which means beef steak, flanchet, flanché, I guess, flank, uh, steak, escalope, which means cutlet, and jambon or jambon, which means ham. So you wow. just can't put these words on the package. You can't say it's vegan this. You can't say it's not this. Uh, you just can't say that. So it's big trouble. Twenty seventy five hundred pounds or no euros. For any any operator that doesn't comply, uh, I don't know for sure if this is like goes for restaurants as well, or is it just the company that? I guess it must. It's probably not just for the manufacturers, but the restaurants who are selling it on their menus as well. Um, they can some amount of plant protein content is permitted, like in bacon, 05 percent of it can be plant material, and that's fine. Uh, <laughs> cooked filet mignon can be one percent plant based content. Uh, chorizo sausage up to one point five, and regular sausage up to three percent. I guess because mm. you know regular sauces might have fennel seeds and other stuff or in like, there. Or uh, like apple, chopped apple in there. They might have something like that. Yeah, that's kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a pretty small number, right? Like if you if you are making yeah. a regular sausage with meat in it and you're putting some things in there, I don't know what yeah. what goes in, but apples and fennel seeds and things like it seems like you could easily exceed three percent. Mm. So anyway, that uh, that is officially happening, and I mean I don't, I don't know what I think. We've been we've been saying recently about some of these packages that really do look confusing. Um, so I, I don't know. This I is pretty know. big. I don't know. This is like, uh, I would say one step too far. You know, I'm all for the, the transparent packaging, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but not being able to put plant-based steak or vegan steak or um, sausage, especially bacon, all those things like that's, that's a big deal. Cause how do you, how else do you describe it? You know? Well, they have a, they have an example further down in this food navigator article that I have for it. Um, they're in French, unfortunately. So it's not that, user friendly for our audience but uh the translation fr- what what did before say uh chipolata sausage alternative now says this is the translation medium length medium width vegetable tubes the picture that same. sounds terrible no one is gonna <laughs> buy a vegetable tube right <laughs> that's the thing the plant the plant industry plant-based industry is afraid this is gonna hurt people's sales 
because the yeah, chair does sound way worse. Yeah, I mean, of course it's going to sound way worse. <laughs> Can you spell it wrong? Like the chick dash in? I don't in? know about that. That's that's a good question. I don't know the ins and outs of this. Um, but hmm. yeah, that's a good that's a good I question. Not a, fan, not a fan of this law at all. Not a fan at all. But you've been confused by some packages recently. You said, "I know, was... I know, I know." Because so what? But... So where do you? Where's the line? What are you? What are you supposed to do? I don't You're know. a lawmaker. That's... You should be able to have something in mind. You're right. I should. I should <laughs> present something for for the U.S. to adopt. I should do that. I'll work on that. Some legislation. <laughs> yeah, that could be your thing. That could be your like <clears throat> claim to fame. The mark you left. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. Big deal. I think. Yeah, it is. We'll see if other countries follow suit or if this becomes precedent for even U.S. states. I don't know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> Alex says they should call them pig tubes for parody. What does that mean? Like uh, like the real sausages. Should, oh, so we can't call anything sausage should, anymore now. Yeah. Right. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, a pig tube. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, Stephen says this is why he prefers to see the plant-based section apart from the meat and dairy sections. Mm. That would actually, we didn't really think about that. Like that does kind of solve the labeling issue. If you just label the entire section of the store, this thing, or the entire section of the menu this way. And everyone knows this is not sausages or hamburgers or anything. It's just vegan versions of them. That would be good if everyone followed that. Yeah. So there you go. There you have it. Um, so you think government overstepping. A lot of our stories today are about, they're sort of about a capitalism versus, uh, I don't know, socialism kind of thing, with people with overstepping and things. Speaking of which, next one up. Um, PETA has proudly declared on their website that people visiting the local Starbucks roastery in Seattle, which I think this is the original one, and executives working in the company's headquarters will be served a venti shot of disgust at the chain's disgraceful vegan milk upcharge. Uh, they're using geofencing technology in conjunction with PETA, and for up to a month, even after they've left the area, if you've been in the area before or recent, you know, in, in the past month, uh, Starbucks top brass and customers will see an inventive ad spot that James Cromwell one that we watched before where he's in the Starbucks get up and he's, he's, I don't know what he's saying, but he's, he's saying, get rid of this milk charge. And he, and they put pictures of animals suffering and things like that. Um, this is just annoying to me. I, I just don't like, I, I don't know. I, I saw some, one of the protesters with his feet in concrete blocks the other day. I think it was old footage, but I saw it. Fox News was talking about it, and somehow the clip made its way to me on in this morning show research. Um, and I was—I just started thinking about it. Maybe you have a good answer for this, Doug. Like, why, why do we even have to protest stuff? Can't, can't we just say the company's allowed to do what they want? They can charge what they want for their stuff. There's no laws here, or like they're not violating anyone's freedom. It's, it's a company. They can charge what they want for their stuff. Like, why, why can't we just not support the company if that's a real problem for us? Like, why do we have to stand outside with our feet in concrete blocks? And do this geofencing, mm. you know, terrorism on them. It's just dumb. I think calling this terrorism is a far stretch. <laughs> <laughs> a couple, a couple strong reactions here, Matt. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we definitely wouldn't call that. I mean, we, we get, businesses do this all the time, right? Like when you when you show up to a uh, to a city and you just all of a sudden you're getting Facebook ads for, you know, something within that city. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, this is this is really no different. It's just purpose intentionally targeting people who visit the Starbucks headquarters or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I think it's, I personally I thought it was kind of a, a nifty way to, uh, to target certain people um, with an ad about, about their brand. Um, so I, I had no problem with that at all. And, um, and of course we should be protesting. I mean, you know, obviously you want to protest with your wallet, right? Like spend money at the places you value if, if that's important to you. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, you know, that's, this is how social justice is, is, is made as people's people raising their voice and, and, you know, getting people to back their cause and draw attention to certain issues. I mean, a lot of people don't know about certain issues until uh, attention is drawn to it. And so companies can kind of hide behind the fact that uh, they can get away with things because people don't know about it until all of a sudden someone makes a stink about it. Gets but nobody upset. has to know about this. It's, if the vegan goes in the store and doesn't want to pay extra for the milk charge, they just don't go in the store anymore. Like everyone who yeah, I mean, I mean, this one is like a less, knows. much less big deal than like, I don't know, using a factory that's you know child labor or something like that, right? Like, um, yeah, but that's against know. the law. If things are this is totally within the laws of this. this well, is just, no, but but it is it is not against the law for you know North. North Face or something to go to Sri Lanka and use child labor to create their clothing. But if if someone right. draws attention to that, then maybe there will be you know systematic mm-hmm. change yeah, from okay. the North Face, and that, that happens. Like right, like that. And I think people don't know about a lot of the issues. I mean, this one, this one, I will you know I I fully admit like this one is the upcharge on milk. I mean, we've talked about it. Like maybe it's not even that big of a deal. And and if uh, if if the vegan milk is more expensive, then you know then the company has every right and more. I mean, even if it's not more expensive, but, but even if it is more expensive, then it kind of makes sense that you would charge more for it. Um, but, you know, but, but as far as like saying that we shouldn't be protesting companies, we shouldn't be drawing attention to, to issues. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I don't think we should, I don't think protesting should never be done, but I think it should be illegal for pricing decisions. You can't protest the pricing decision. <laughs> that should be just outlawed. It's just how capitalism works. If you don't like that, go to a communist country or something and just do a whole different system of uh, oh boy, business aren't allowed to charge what they want for their stuff. I don't know. Unless it's some sort of crazy monopoly situation. I understand the anti-competitive, but this isn't that. This is just, this is just you know, annoying upcharge. All right. More stuff that people are mad about. Uh, Wendy's is going to introduce dynamic pricing, which is like Uber does when the demand mm-hmm. is high, the good old capitalist principles. You can charge more. You sort of it's it's an auction, right? It's a bidding process. All these the sales, and if people who are willing to bid higher can get the stuff that it's more in demand. So they're going to do this. Uh, people, of course, are mad because companies shouldn't be allowed to charge more. I guess when uh, when people want its stuff more, and they're going to spend twenty million dollars through the end of twenty twenty five to install digital menu boards at its U.S. locations. Uh, Wendy's is already the highest priced fast food company on the market, at least in the U.S. I don't even know if they are international um, and people don't like that. Um, President Joe Biden and lawmakers have criticized Live Nation, who, like Uber uh, and other ticketing companies, has done this sort of thing, surge pricing. When a demand is more event, in, or sorry, an event is more in demand, they charge more for the tickets. Uh, it, it just seems to me like if technology allows you know the auction to be facilitated in this way, then this is a good thing. We should be, we should be doing this. Um, but uh, people don't like it, Doug, and I'm guessing you are are one of one of the multitude who does not like this. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I have a little bit of mixed reaction to this. Um, <clears throat> I, like, I understand surge pricing for Uber, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like, 
you know, if there are only so many taxis or <laughs> cars available, you know, then of course they're more valuable at the time and, and you, and, and it makes sense, I think, to up the prices a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't really understand the food part. Like it just doesn't make quite as much sense. Because there's a the drive-through line that get, that will get humongous if they don't do surge pricing. Surge pricing is going to keep that line reasonable. I mean, but that benefits who? Who does that benefit? The person who's willing to pay more. So it's Which basically how just like it's, it's like paying to play a little bit. So like you're if you have the money to uh, be able to afford the burger, then you get priority over the people who like the express lane on the highway. They're like if you're if you're willing to if you want this extra thing so much uh, that you're willing to pay more for it, then you get to have it. You get to go get through faster and get your stuff. So it's similar the express to that. Lane, the express lane is for 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 cars with more people in it. No, not the HOV. The the express, the paid. It's I don't know what it's called, but you you pay oh. an extra. You pay a little toll on it to use. Oh the, oh use oh that yeah, fast yeah, lane. yeah okay. I mean. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, like a burger is it's going to cost the restaurant the same amount, no matter what, whether, you know, 100 people want right. it. It doesn't or... matter what it costs them, though. It matters what the market will bear, and they're they're just charging more. For... Again, that is how capitalism works. It's what the market will pay for it is the value of the thing and the price of the thing. So this just technology just allows them to, in real time, change that. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it's short sighted. <laughs> no, because if I want Wendy's, if I'm thinking about like okay, I want to get a burger from Wendy's, but uh, I'm always in the back of my mind and be like, well, am I gonna have to pay more because it's lunchtime right now and and I happen to be hungry and everyone else happens to be hungry right now, mm-hmm. and so I'm not gonna go. I'm not, I'm just gonna skip Wendy's. Okay. But but if you're so, let's say you weren't that person, let's say you're someone who who money's not as big a deal, but the time really is. And currently they're saying, I'm not going to Wendy's right now. The line is crazy there. I can't, I'm not going to go there for lunchtime because I can't go. It just takes too long and I have to get back to this work. Now, if someone says I'm willing to pay an extra dollar for my burger, now suddenly it becomes an option because the line is much shorter because you know the the auction system is working very nicely. Uh, Mr. Jeffrey says this is basically just a Wendy's happy hour. And I think it's what the Morning Brew article was saying. It's a reverse happy hour, basically. It's a it's a mm. pay more when there's a bunch of people here, uh, rather than rather than a sale at at the time when people are coming in. Uh, Alex yeah. Turton says, "Land of the free to screw the little guy," <laughs> which is right up Doug's alley, I think. Mr. <laughs> Jeffrey says we should protest Wendy. He suggests a post protest of this pricing decision. Yeah, you agree with that, Doug? You think it should be Wendy's protest? I mean, maybe it'll just keep me from going. Winning. I mean, I haven't been winning in a long time. Anyway, but like, like I don't know. I mean, no, I'm not going to stand. This is not something I'm going to get fired up about enough to uh, go stand on for. Like, no. <laughs> okay, you're not going to make uh, a video response to Wendy's for uh, from your from your town council seat. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, but uh, I do. Uh, just to go very quickly back to the um, to the uh, upcharge for for yeah. plant based milk and the mm-hmm. communist comment. You know, the irony there is that, uh, you know, in a communist company, you probably, uh, country, you probably wouldn't be able to protest anything. Uh, this is, um, you know, if we want to talk about freedom of capitalism, we, want, we should right. also talk True. about freedom of speech and, uh, and government overreach and the, uh, keeping uh, outlawing people's ability to protest uh, prices. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I actually don't think we should outlaw the, the thing. <laughs> I just think it's dumb. I just think, come on, like, just, just boycott the company. Don't spend money there. 
and and that's fine. And, and publicize that. But you don't need to stand outside there with your feet in concrete blocks, being a public nuisance, or do this geo-terrorism or whatever they're doing with the uh, the targeting of the app. Terrorism. <laughs> Stop saying that. <laughs> you know, but, I, like like hold on. Uh, the <laughs> I will. You know, the, this is kind of our approach in general. I think to a lot of things that we do agree on is uh, I would much rather. Um, there be headlines promoting the coffee companies and, and chains that uh, don't have an upcharge, right? Like, you know, a whole bunch of effort into encouraging mm. people to go to the go to the chain and celebrate the change that doesn't have the upcharge. But of course, right. that's not getting headlines. That's not gonna. So you should put your feet in concrete blocks outside of Dunkin' Donuts, saying, "I'm this committed to advertising." <laughs> this this is the place yeah. I'm gonna get my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna live here. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that idea. I think that positivity is a good thing. <laughs> for sure. All right. Uh, there's more in the same vein here. Uh, apparently, Kellogg, the cereal company, has had for a year a campaign promoting cereal for dinner. And that campaign has gotten new life last week after the CEO, Gary Pilnick, mentioned that it seems to be landing really well with American consumers. Uh, and that being that, that it's perfect right now, because if you think the cost of cereal, if they think about the cost of cereal for a family versus what they would otherwise do, uh, it's going to be a much more affordable way to eat dinner. Not to mention a way, way faster preparation and cleanup than like a typical cooking of dinner. So honestly, I had never heard of this before. I saw that people were very upset that he did this because he makes $4 million a year. And people were saying, well, is he doing this for dinner? Which is stupid because uh, he's not saying he's doing this for dinner. He's saying if, if you have a financial situation, it's not a bad idea. Um, I thought I'd like to do this once, once or twice a week, have the whole family just eat some Grape nuts with a banana in it for dinner. Like the cleanup would be nothing. Uh -huh. The cost would be, here's the thing. I don't think the cost would actually be that much lower. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, people are right. saying like. The, Those things are expensive. Right. The grape nuts are really expensive. That's the thing. I think if you get the sugary cereals, which is mostly what they're selling, uh, maybe it's cheaper. I don't really even know. Are those like, are those kids cereals cheap? Or they, I, think I don't know. Like I, mean, I mean, I'm sure you can get the knockoff brands that are cheap, but like cereal is right. not cheap. Especially the healthier cereal. Right. It's really not. So someone here um, said something, one of, one of the comments, I mean, a lot of people are against this. They think it's, they think it's wrong for the little guys, you know, for these people to say, let them eat cake basically. Uh, and saying, you know, just have this cheap nutritionless stuff because that's what, that's what you can afford. Um, someone says the family size cereal box is $10 with milk. That's three more dollars. Um, normal cereal, five to $8 per box. He said, I could get a frozen family lasagna for that. And I think that's a pretty good point. Like I was, I was thinking about this scene, like this isn't the worst idea I've ever heard uh, mm -hmm. to have a one night a week cereal night. That'd be just a great break from cooking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think the kids would even like it. I don't know. Especially if we yeah. let them have like other cereals, but it's not really that cheaper and that much cheaper at all than yeah. like a, a, you know, a well thought out cheap family dinner. I mean, I think so. So I didn't actually watch the clip, but I saw the headlines about this. And I think that the, the hate, and correct me if I'm wrong if you did watch the clip, but the uh, the the hate is more coming from uh, someone who makes a lot of money, a CEO of a large corporation making a lot of money, celebrating the fact that people can't afford uh, a healthier option than than just cereal. What what do you mean celebrating? Just saying that it's working. Like saying that our campaign is working. Like you know you know this uh -huh. is this is good for us that people can't afford a healthier meal and right. they have to turn to a cheap cereal. Like, I think that that's where the hate came from more so than like it being a fun uh, change of pace to, um, 
(laughs) to have cereal when they eat. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. It is annoying. I mean, companies that, that, you know, can do well when, when most people aren't doing well, that's not good, right? They're, they're, especially if they, if they sort of root for things to go badly so that they then make more profit. That that's, that's annoying, of course. Um, so yeah, people, but anyway, people don't like it. Someone, some people who, who didn't think it was so bad, uh, they said, this is what we did during difficult times in my childhood. There's no need to feel offended. And mm-hmm. someone else says, uh, you know, have some special cake for dinner. That's healthier than McDonald's for dinner and classic oatmeal without added sugar and some real fruits are even better. And like, this is stuff that we tell Doug to eat sometimes. Like we've said before, you don't need to eat a square meal dinner. Yeah. Like you just yeah, yeah. find something or don't feel like cooking or don't have anything that day. Just have some fruits and, you know, some whatever, whatever you have around. And like, it's probably going to be a healthier dinner than what you might think of as the classic big square meal. Yeah. I mean like, okay. So um, yeah, I mean, you're joking that you would kind of like to eat cereal for dinner sometimes. I mean, like, is it really that bad of an an option? No, I don't think so. Because I think it prevents you from eating it prevents you from eating a a thousand calorie dinner, which is Mm -hmm. what I think a lot of people would do. Mm -hmm. And like, yes, it's not ideal nutrition probably for night after night after night you'd want to mix it up and you want to get different stuff, but like on a given night, it's probably better for you to do that. Better. For, I mean, I guess it depends on the cereal, right? And if you're adding, yes, and that, fruit, that's another problem. Mm-hmm. Like, like it sounds like special K might be the best option Kellogg's has. And I don't think that's healthy. I'm not really sure what's in special K. I haven't looked in a long time, mm-hmm. uh, but like, do they have, I think post makes grape nuts. Uh, they have raisin, yeah. they have all brand. So there, there are some things that are probably just mostly grain and no sugar. Oh, they make, I don't know if they make the Ezekiel brand, but that stuff's coming up. That stuff's good. They might own that brand now. What about Cheerios? Do they make Cheerios? Cheerios have that, uh, that chloral, whatever pesticide thing in them. It's illegal in the yeah, U.S. Yeah, they're now. heart healthy. <laughs> they do have the heart healthy stamp. Um, I don't know if Kells makes Cheerios or not. I think so. Uh, no, General Mills. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, like if you if you have the money to afford a uh, a decent cereal, a healthier cereal, to have some fruit, <laughs> it's fine. Like it's fine. Some it's, fruit or something like that that you can right. throw on top, right? Um, you know, a bunch of berries, bananas, stuff like that. Uh, you know, a, a decent healthy milk, maybe fortified mm-hmm. in something. Then, then yeah, it's probably not that bad of <laughs> bad of a meal. Yeah. But if you, if, but if that's you, then you can almost certainly afford something else. Right. If you have the money for that, then then you then you don't need to do this. You could do something else. But if you're not coming at it from the money point of view, uh, I I might implement this. I think it's a good policy. And here's the thing: it's it's not going to be that much cheaper than a cheap dinner because we we certainly make plenty of cheap dinners when we make the pot of beans and have that with the grain or whatever. That's not going to be much more expensive than this bowl of cereal will. Um, but what it would do is it gives you one night a week when you don't do something different. And that's the thing. Like when we are in a pinch or whatever, that's when we'll order takeout and we'll spend $80 on dinner or something instead of mm-hmm. yeah. spend 80, but you know, 50, um, or, or go make something that's like you end up buying all these fresh herbs and different stuff. And you realize you just spent 50 or $60 for one meal, basically. Plus you got some extra stuff that's going to last a little bit longer, olive oil bottle or whatever. Um, but that happens a lot to me where like, I, I think we're cooking a good deal and I go to the store and it comes back and I've spent 40 or $50. I'm like, I could have done takeout for that. So this would at least prevent that from happening. That's another, it's one night a week that it doesn't happen and yeah. you don't have to cook and you clean up simple. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to say one night a week. We're doing this instead I mean, of back pizza. In my, 
back in my non-vegetarian, non-vegan bachelor days, I did breakfast for dinner all the time, which was which would be like eggs and maybe a yeah. pancake or or cereal or oatmeal or something like that. But like, yeah, I mean that was a little bit more cooking, but definitely, I mean, not that much different than what what we're talking about here. And uh, actually, we're getting a lot of love um, for cereal for breakfast or cereal for dinner in the comments here. Um, Ali says, I have literally eaten cereal for dinner my entire life, once or twice a week. Wow. Uh, and Marie says, I eat oatmeal for dinner every so often. Um, yeah, Alex, like I said, says lighter meal at night, good for sleep. So Stephen, Stephen has a good comment here, which is uh, grape nuts don't exist over here, but the name does not sound appealing. And I will tell you, Stephen, nothing about grape nuts is appealing, except for some reason, I grew up eating grape nuts as like my main cereal, as well, what with the cereal we had growing up. Uh -huh. And uh, I love grape nuts. I think that there's something uh, very nostalgic about it for me. Yeah, I, I do too. It's, it has like an odd salty taste, like savory mm -hmm. almost. I think it's I think that the barley is somehow malted or something. So it's like a little more complex flavor than like just a regular old flake would be. But, but they are hard. They are <laughs> like, they're, they're like kind of like rocks. They hurt your teeth. <laughs> they, they, um, uh, you know, they look a lot like cat food or dog food. You know, if you don't, if you're not a grape nut eater, then grape nuts are like your least favorite cereal probably. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Uh, I don't know where the name came from. I just looked it up. I was thinking that they seem like the, the pits inside grapes, right? There's real tannic mm. little seeds. Mm -hmm. um, they seem kind of like those things. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, no, that's one one tale is that it got its name from its resemblance to grape seeds or grape nuts. Oh, uh, there you go. Someone Sorry. says it it used to control. Oh, someone post the guy CW Post who who I guess invented it believed that glucose, what he referred to as grape sugar, formed during the baking process. And so there's your other explanation. Who knows? Anyway, I just had a bowl of grape nuts before the show with some bananas in it. <laughs> All right. So uh, cereal for dinner. We're not we're not opposed to that here at Plant Based Morning Show. Stamp of approval. No. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm not going to have a planned cereal night, but the night when we're saying we don't have any dinner planned and we're like, should we do takeout? I'm going to say, nope, we're doing cereal tonight. No pretzels, no takeout. We're having cereal. And that's, that's the house rule. And we'll see how it goes. What about some just egg alongside it? Oh, for like breakfast? Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to go for that. We don't We don't eat that here. You no know, one... uh, here's a funny story. Not a funny story, but you know, we have not been able to find just egg in a long time. And, and it really is like my kids love it and they mm -hmm. eat it. We'll eat it anytime. And it's easy and, and wonderful. Uh, well, the other day, Ingles uh, finally restocked the frozen just egg section. Mm. Um and, uh, and Katie basically bought them out. She bought like 10 packs over there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the frozen just eggs so that we would have some for a while because uh, it was sorely missed. Chloe was asking for it almost every day. <laughs> we didn't have it. Well, what about the next guy in town? The next Black Mountain resident who shows up wanting his just egg and now you just bought out the store and now he thinks he thinks they never restocked as far as he knows. Uh, that's capitalism, Matt. If if, if right, we want to limit is. the number of uh, just eggs that people can have, and then move to a different country. Well, they should charge more for it. They should have dynamic pricing. That <laughs> when they realize someone's like, as soon as one item gets grabbed off the shelf, the price goes up just a little bit more, so that you can't do that. See, yeah. I'd be okay with dynamic pricing on just egg because I'm sure it would be like really low. Because I think we might be the only <laughs> oh people <laughs> that are buying it <laughs> in all of Black Mountain. <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> Mr. Jeffrey says we should protest Katie. Yep, I think so. <laughs> 
All right, a little more here in this weather report, and then uh, the main story is really not going to be very long today. We may, we may not even get to it. Um, all right, another Israeli biotech company, this one called Plori, P-L-U-R-I, used to be Plori Stem. They've now launched Plori Ag Tech, and what they are doing is growing sustainable coffee with plant cell culture to break away from traditional farming methods. We heard before about fake coffee made from uh, barley and different different things um, that was supposedly going to be pretty good, you know, much more sustainable, but and, and kind of tasted like coffee and still had caffeine. Then we heard about uh, cocoa that was being done in in this cell cultured way where it's actual, uh, you know, lab grown, basically, just like the meats are being done now. Uh, this now is the coffee being lab grown. And there are a few details that we wondered about before. It sounds like they don't grow the entire plant, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, at the very least, they're growing the whole coffee fruit and then the seeds of those are coffee beans because they okay. need to still dry that just like traditional coffee would be dried uh, mm. and roasted. Uh, it even says harvested. So they, they may have the full plant there. I don't know. Uh, hard to tell. <laughs> At that point, but, are you just growing the plant? Like Right. What's yeah, Exactly. I, I really don't know the difference. Um, that makes me think that they're skipping the plant, that somehow they're just making the fruit and the fruit includes its seed and that seed is the coffee. I have no idea. I, what I don't get is how can they possibly like have enough space to do this, right? Cause coffee fields are enormous and it's one little, like the, the coffee berries or coffee cherries, I guess they're called are like the size of a grape, like a normal size grape from, from what I can tell from the pictures I've seen. And, and each one of those has about two coffee beans back to, you know, the flat sides against each other. That's the seed of the thing. So all those have to be harvested. Think how much it takes just to get one pound of coffee, how much space it would take. Uh, like, how are they going to, grow this much in bioreactors. I just don't understand where, how that's going to work. It seems like fantasy to me. Yeah. It seems, it seems <laughs> odd to me. <laughs> it is fake news somehow. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they're saying, uh, it's real coffee at scale, reducing water usage by 98% and growing areas by 95%. So not only, yeah. So, the, so it will take a, a 20th of the amount of areas I mean, of those cool. fields. That's great. So there's your answer. I mean, it, it, they can do it in a, in a 20th of the space that, uh, from what I was describing. Can they do so it in, the, in a way that like, can they, uh, you know, I mean, every, every coffee bean that's grown at a different altitude and with different soil has a different taste to it and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. I wonder if they can manipulate that somehow. Uh, yes, they can, because the technology enables the customization of cell cultured coffee with varying levels of caffeine and other compounds. So, you know, I'm sure there's not going to be a button that says make this go increase elevation or whatever, mm -hmm. but I'm sure they can, you know, replicate that by changing the certain amount of compounds. So That's pretty cool. it is, it is really cool. It's, and I think this is reality that like, this is what the world is going to be in, you know, in a hundred years, like it's sustainable and everything's good but we've lost all the charm of everything. Like there's no more like this terroir of this coffee and this wine is, you know, contributed to this and things that grow together, yeah. go together. Yeah. None of that. It's just, it's just a lab. You press buttons and it, you get exactly the thing you want. It's just weird. I agree. It is weird. We need a great reset. We need like a great flood situation happening or something. Uh, on fire we just restart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We do not need that. <laughs> we do not need that. Um, but but uh, but I hear yeah yeah as, as Alex says that's capitalism, Matt. Uh, <laughs> it is right. It totally is. 
And that's um, the end, I guess it's the end game of capitalism. But I do, I do hear like, right. Like if, you know, if you go to, if you go to Italy, right. And you're kind of, or going to the different wine regions and even like the different farms that maybe have slightly different, more rocks and, yeah, uh, you know, right. in their soil makeup than one 10 miles down the road, or it's up a hill and slightly different elevation uh, or captures the clouds a little bit differently. Like all that stuff is so cool. And, and to be able to actually taste that, or at least for people to tell you that that's what you're tasting uh, and for you to believe it like that, that's just, that's, there's yeah. something really magical about that. And so if everything is done in a lab, everything is done, um, you know, with a few press of a buttons, I mean, that, it, it takes all the, it takes all the charm out of it. I don't know if that's, it does, use, but you know. I, yeah, like that. I didn't really thought about that about wine. I, I think I literally would not drink wine if, it, if this is how it came, if it was, if, if that whole mm. piece was lost and it, it didn't feel like an escape, didn't feel like to me that it was some small way of traveling into Europe all the time. Every time I drink an Italian wine at home, if it was just like from a bioreactor simulating Italy, it, it would just lose everything. I just wouldn't do it. Like, I, I swear I, that is, people will say this is just another rationalization for drinking, but I swear I wouldn't I, like that's, I, I just wouldn't be interested. Now with coffee, I would. Coffee, I don't have that same association. I like coffee because of how it tastes and how it makes me feel. Mm -hmm. The wine is different. See, I, I think that. So, like, I was just romanticizing that story about wine, right? And I love doing that, going to a vineyard and getting that, getting that thing. But you know, the majority of wine that I buy is just wine that I like, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I, there's you need certain that brands story, that I buy. They're probably blends in your head. What's that? You still need a story in your head that says it came from the ground and it was made by a farmer. But I have that a little bit with coffee, right? I mean, you know, I, I like, you know, a lot of packages have the farmer, you know, yeah. when you buy local, have the farmer on the back of it. And, and, you know, you buy certain regions because you know, you like those regions because of whatever reason. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I have a little bit of that with coffee. Yeah. A little bit. But for me, if I get a good taste in coffee, I don't care where it came from ultimately like i'll i'll, I'll mm. pick african coffee because i like them better generally but if i get one and i have from this trade that uh, trade subscription thing uh where they just pick them and i i don't care as long as it tastes good i'm like i like the story i guess that it comes from a farm but i don't really care where it, but what where if you it. could what if you could manipulate like what if you could fill out a survey and then um and taste a whole bunch of wines and like pick pinpoint little things that you like about each of them mm -hmm. and then you push a button and the perfect bottle of wine comes out and you could have that every single time. Like, wouldn't that be great? Right. I guess it would. I think, I think in the end it comes down to wine doesn't taste that good. It just does. It doesn't taste as good as fruit juice does like just good old sugary <laughs> juice. It's that whole story. Like that's the whole piece of it to me, the whole thing. And so when you take that away, I, I don't, and that's what they're doing with a lot of those grocery store buyings, by the way, like they, they have all kinds of added yeah. flavors and things like that. Like they're, they're, they are pinpointing exactly what, the American consumer wants when you buy something in an American sure. grocery store. Mm -hmm. So that's not that different from that. Uh, and and I, I must admit, I just must buy grocery store wines, but I, but I get them from Italy and I feel like they're, I feel like they're, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, your, your $5 uh, Trader <laughs> Joe's wine. I'm sure it's like super legit. <laughs> it is. They rebottle, they bottle the seconds from, from real farm mm -hmm. wineries. <laughs> yeah. But they're pulling in grapes from like hundreds of farms to <laughs> yeah. anyway. <laughs> right, I'm. I'm telling you, you need a story in your head that makes sense. And if and if the story is bioreactor, it's just not going to work. It's just not going to. So Alex Turton makes a great point here. We make perfect diamonds in labs, and people still prefer the story. And that's exactly mm. right, right? They can make the diamonds better, lab grown, uh, but then people start liking the slight imperfections because that means it's a real, mm. real one. And so, 
maybe that limits the upside for a lot of these technologies, right? Maybe there's maybe there's always going to be a market for the real wine, the real coffee, and these technologies will just serve the the unsophisticated masses who who don't care. Not not us though, Doug. We'll, we will require the real thing. We'll require the real thing. We'll pay premium surge prices for it too. <laughs> That's right. All right. Brandon Turner agrees with us about coffee and wine. Uh, it's exciting to learn about those things. Yes, it is. It definitely is. All right. Um, we get one more and then we're, then we're not going to do the main story. Oatly, our friends Oatly have announced yet another new product. Uh, Oatly oat milk creamers in the United States. They've got four flavors. Sweet and creamy, vanilla, caramel, and mocha. Uh, they emulsify easily in coffee beverages and they say, uh, there was a 13% increase in dollar sales and 9% rise in unit sales for plant-based creamers over the past year. So again, plant-based dairy, uh, seems to be actually working. One of the bright spots for these plant-based products in retail. Uh, so that's good. Hopefully we won't see any ads or anything campaign promoting this from Oatly. I doubt they do ads for creamers, but actually they might, because you do see, you see ads for creamers on TV. Um, so brace yourselves, everyone. There may be an only ad coming our way. Men, we hate them. You hate them. Yeah. I sometimes right. hate them. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it. We're not going to get into this other guy's octagon system that he's proposing. Yeah, we're uh, not. And you can, I don't Do think it. so. We're at 47 already. Uh, mm -hmm. That can be tomorrow. It's, it, there's actually not that much new there. There is a lot of interesting discussion because I guess they had a, in the UK, um, whatever they have a round table discussion or some sort of Royal sounding King Arthur thing. I don't know. Uh, the meeting with the Lords meeting with Lords. No, <laughs> or maybe, maybe Lords is just the last name of somebody. Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyway, they, they, all these medical or health advisors were there and they were talking about the Ozempic thing and whether this is a good solution and all the problems. And they were coming out that, that uh, people seem to revert to old eating habits uh, when they go off of Ozempic. So it is becoming like a, a lifelong commitment now. Mm. Um, so that'll be an interesting discussion at some point, but this article, there's not enough here for us to, to get into that. I don't think, uh, so yeah, we will, we will leave that be. Likes <laughs> the round table, uh, King Arthur, something is correct. <laughs> House, of, the House Lords. of Lords. Stephen says House yes. of Lords, yeah, not the okay. Lords. House of Lords. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm, yeah. We should talk about that at some point. But uh, we're at a full episode yeah. here. This was good. Lots of uh, interesting discussion. Yeah, there was. There sure was today. And all in the same theme. All in the capitalism versus communism theme. <laughs> and it's clear that we are on two separate. I thought sides it was socialism. Uh, earlier, it was socialism. I don't know the difference between capital or communism and socialism. I know that one is a, like a form of government, and one's a philosophy or something, or one's an economic system. What do you? What's the difference, Doug? Lawmaker. Uh, that's probably not that far off. I don't, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm an expert on the difference either, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, socialism is, is definitely a philosophy. Let's get to the bottom. I, I, I shouldn't even say definitely. Cause I don't, I don't even know. Let's get to the bottom here of this. Uh, oh, they're actually, okay. So this, I thought it was sort of a higher level distinction that was like one's a philosophy, one's an economic system. But there's actually detailed differences. In, under communism, most property and economic resources are owned and controlled by the state rather than the citizens. Under socialism, all citizens share equally in economic resources. So there's no government controlling everything in socialism. It's just the people. In communism, you elect the government, and they do, and then they get corrupt, and then they, then they take everything for themselves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
Uh, Jeffy says, I did the Matt classic. I thought, as I was saying this, I thought this was going to be that. And it wasn't. I kept it short. <laughs> when I say, let's not talk about it. It's basically just this. And then I go into all the details. But I didn't do that. I didn't even touch the octagon system that we were going to talk about. Uh -huh. uh, Big Meaty Claus says, Oatly ice cream is good. Yes, we're all fans of Oatly products. It's just the advertising that should be banned, really. It should be banned in this country and many others because it's horrendous advertising. And it's it's worse than what Pete is doing with with the geoterrorism thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and Stephen has has rushed to our defense and said that. They don't dislike Oatly, just their advertising. So there we go. All right. I should I should clarify. I don't think Pete is doing terrorism. That's a that is a joke. I, I misspoke at the beginning about the <laughs> fencing or whatever it is. Yeah. And then it turned into a joke. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. All liabilities are uh are taken care of, Doug. We've we fixed everything we said wrong. I think so. No, no one wrong. pretended to be a doctor or a lawyer today. So, um, okay. All right. I think good. we're good. All right. It was a heated pretended episode, to be though. experts on socialism and communism, but, uh, <laughs> which it's we clearly good. aren't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Um, we'll be back tomorrow for our last show of the week. This was the main normal show of the week. Tomorrow's the the sliding out show of the week where we're where it gets jokey. We go to Best Life Online or Eat This, Not That. <laughs> yeah. But today was the big intelligent discussion. So Hard hope you enjoyed it. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Thanks everybody for coming. Be sure to like, smash that like button, and we will see you tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. Bye.